Uh, Our text for today is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 uh, through 29. And uh, I would invite you to stand with me uh, as we read, uh, as I read uh, this passage. Matthew 7, 24 uh, to the end of the chapter. Uh, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house. Uh, But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not uh, as their scribes. Uh, You may be seated. Uh, A simple story uh, today, one uh, that we uh, have made a children's song about. Uh, but one that was horrifyingly brought uh, to real life earlier this year uh, in Florida. Uh, A multi-story apartment building uh, overlooking the ocean uh, collapsed suddenly, unexpectedly, without warning for most of those uh, who lived in it, and over 100 people uh, were killed. Uh, Foundations uh, matter. that story uh, uh, in Florida uh, is, uh, it is horrific and, and sad in so many ways. Uh, many fingers uh, pointed in blame. Uh, is it the owner's fault, architects, engineers, uh, perhaps building inspectors or uh, uh, government codes uh, that were inadequate? Uh, but the ha- at the heart uh, of the problem is there was a foundation that was not Uh, secure, and the results uh, were horrific. In Matthew 7, uh, Jesus uh, Jesus foreshadows this story uh, with a simple simple conclusion to his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, As hard as it is to believe, we have reached the end uh, of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, These last uh, four weeks, we have actually been concluding this sermon. Uh, For the first two and a half chapters, Jesus has been telling Uh, what a life that is pleasing to God truly looks like. Uh, He's explained how it is not something that is seen just on the surface, Uh, that is not just something that is performed for the eyes of men, but it it sinks deep into the human heart, the human motivation. And uh, he has explained that. Uh, And then in these last four weeks, these last four sermons, we've been looking at really his conclusion. Uh, Rather than explaining what a godly life looks like, a life pleasing to God, Uh, He has attempted to motivate us uh, to do what he has said. Uh, uh, Four weeks ago, we talked about choosing a narrow gate rather than the wide gate. Uh, Three weeks ago, Pastor Chris talked about false prophets and how to recognize them, uh, those who would lead us astray from true godliness. Uh, Last week, Pastor Jared uh, spoke about false professors, uh, those who profess the name of Jesus, Uh, but are not known by him. 
he says, uh, don't be a false professor. And today, uh, we look at false uh, foundations. Uh, false foundations. A wise builder uh, and a foolish builder. Uh, before we look at the wise builder and the foolish builder, uh, though I think we do have to ask a very simple question. Uh, why does Jesus include uh, this story at, at the very end uh, of his great sermon on the mount? Uh, why does Jesus choose uh, this, this simple analogy, this simple metaphor of a builder, uh, two builders really, uh, building a house uh, or perhaps building a life? Uh, I think there is a simple answer to that question. Uh, it's so simple that we assume it at times, but um, I think that it's worth pausing for a moment uh, to consider this. Uh, Jesus had just preached a, a sermon uh, that extends back to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and through the course of this sermon, Jesus said some amazing things. And I can imagine folks listening to Jesus' sermon and someone saying, man, uh, do you remember back at the beginning those Beatitudes that Jesus began the sermon? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Uh, his words, they're so poetic, so succinct, so beautiful. Uh, I love the sermon that Jesus taught. Uh, I can imagine others who, as they listen to Jesus, they said, you know, Jesus has given us a lot to think about. Uh, he's explained the law in a, an, and a deeper meaning to the law that, that seems different than what we've been taught uh, in the synagogue. Uh, I need to ponder uh, what Jesus has taught. Uh, I suspect, uh, if human nature hasn't changed uh, in 2,000 years, that there are a number of people who said, man, I love it when he gives it to those Pharisees. Uh, isn't it great when he calls out their hypocrisy, uh, the acts of righteousness that they do before others? Um, I love it uh, when he tells them, uh, and he gives it to those stuffed shirts. Uh, I'm sure Jesus is aware uh, of different responses that people had to his sermon. Uh, but as Jesus concludes, I think he gives a message to them and to us. Uh, I think Jesus is saying uh, in this simple story, uh, please do not admire my sermon as a sermon's sake. Uh, don't say that it is beautiful. Uh, don't say that it was good because it made me laugh or, or even that it made me cry. Uh, Jesus' principal concern is, will you do it? Uh, his principal concern is that you will do it, uh, that you will put what he has said into practice. Uh, do you do it? Do you want to do it? Is it your ambition to do it? Uh, or are you, well, are you pretty much done? Are you pretty content with who you are? I am, often, uh, content with who I am and, and even how I am and what I do. Uh, and it is easy to come to hear a sermon and say, I came, uh, I got a blessing, uh, and then I left. Uh, Jesus says, that's the last thing that I want to happen. Uh, this is the last thing. Uh, I have preached this sermon for a purpose. Uh, this purpose wasn't just to uh, make you think uh, or to make you cry, or even to make you laugh. Uh, my purpose is that you would know the will of the Father and that you would do it. Uh, is that why you come to church? Uh, do you come prepared, eager to know the will of the Father uh, and to do it? Uh, or, or are you content uh, as you are? 
Uh, Jesus' followers felt these words were important. Uh, the words and message of this parable is repeated uh, elsewhere in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 2, verse 13, Paul says, uh, It is not the hearers of the law who are righteous, uh, but the doers of the law. Uh, Paul saw a distinction between hearing and doing. Uh, and uh, at the risk of uh, telling you how the story ends, he says there's no one who does it well. There is no one who does it well. Uh, but there is an answer uh, that is given in Christ. Uh, later on in James 1, 22, uh, James says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, uh, because if you are, you are deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. Oh, there is so much danger in being a hearer only and not a doer uh, of the word. And, and so Jesus gives this illustration, this story of two builders. Uh, before we talk about the differences between the, the wise builder uh, and the foolish builder, uh, I think we need to notice uh, something very significant. Uh, and that is the similarities uh, between these two builders. Uh, notice that, that both, uh, both desire to build a home. Uh, they want the same thing. Uh, they build the same things. Uh, they perhaps even live side by side in Jesus' story. Uh, they have the same desires in life. Like us, uh, they'd like to pay their bills at the end of the month, end of every month. Uh, even. Uh, they'd like to raise kids who are kind and grateful and, and maybe even employable someday. Uh, they care for aging parents. Uh, they may even attend the same churches. Uh, they may wonder if they should change jobs. Uh, but one is a follower uh, of Jesus, and one is, is maybe just a fan uh, of Jesus. Uh, a few years back, an author by the name of Kyle Eidelman wrote a book uh, with that title uh, called Not a Fan. Uh, he says that uh, his, uh, his thesis of the book is that there are many people who Jesus is very popular with. Uh, they like Jesus. They are attracted to him in many ways. Uh, they like things about his messages, uh, but they are not followers of Jesus. They are merely fans. Uh, they appreciate Jesus uh, or his message or, or perhaps just portions of his message, uh, but they are not doers. They are merely hearers. Uh, Jesus is saying there's a difference between a hearer and a doer. Uh, one, is, one is a follower, uh, but one is wise. The other, well, he uses a harsher term. Uh, he says they are fools. Uh, before we rush ahead to that, though, I, I should notice that there's something else that uh, these two builders have in common. Uh, did you notice that they both experience the same tragedy and stress and challenges in life? Uh, for both of them, the rains come, uh, the rivers flood their banks, the wind beats on their door, uh, early death, recurring illness, loss of job, uh, mask mandates. Well, that probably wasn't what Jesus had directly in mind, the people he was talking about. Uh, but you deal with those challenges, and the folks next to you deal with those challenges. Marriage conflict, fear of the future. Uh, both of them experience the same. Uh, the same realities of life, the same stresses and challenges and difficulties. Uh, they have so much in common. Uh, but Jesus says there's a crucial difference between the two. Uh, it's a difference in foundations. Uh, one hears and does. One hears and does not. Uh, and Jesus says the one who hears and does not, uh, this person 
He is a fool. Uh, it is a harsh term, uh, but don't think that Jesus is re reserving it for a few fringe crazies. Uh, Jesus is speaking to a mixed audience who came to hear him on the side of a mountain. They surrounded him, and he gave this message to say, uh, not the people who, who aren't here might be in this category. He's saying, those who are here, because you hear my word, and the question is, will you do it? Uh, I imagine, uh, as Jesus is speaking, uh, we know that his disciples were present. Uh, but there are also the curious, the seekers. Uh, there were perhaps some who were looking just for the next big thing and wondered if Jesus was it. Uh, there were the sick hoping to be healed. There were Roman centurions, scribes, rulers, tax collectors. Uh, there were some impoverished beggars and notorious sinners. Uh, they were all looking to build a life, and Jesus says, this is what a life that is pleasing to God looks like. He taught them all, uh, and on the surface, they all looked the same, but Jesus knew that there was a difference, uh, a difference that's not always easy to discern. And to all his hearers, he warns, you want the same thing, but how will you get there? How will you build a life uh, that lasts? Well, let's turn our attention to the wise man uh, and to the fool. Actually, let's start with the foolish builder. Uh, actually, we'll take these in reverse order. Uh, Jesus says, uh, the message is simple, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Uh, Jesus is teaching on the shores of this, uh, on a mountain, probably overlooking the Sea of Galilee, uh, this beautiful mountain lake, uh, not perhaps too different than the ones that we just saw uh, in the video uh, there, uh, looking down on them. Uh, we're surrounded by sandy beaches, uh, tempting beaches. How many of you would like to live on the beach? There are several honest people here. That's great. Uh, very tempting. Uh, but uh, to build on the sand, uh, I'm told in the, in the summertime, uh, often uh, in the Sea of Galilee, the sand would get packed firm, and it would seem like a, a good place to build. Uh, but inevitably, in the Sea of Galilee, storms would come, uh, and that sand does not hold together. It is not a good foundation. Uh, to build a house that would last, in some places, you would, have to you would have to dig up to 10 feet down in order to reach bedrock. And there are ancient structures that did uh, dig down to reach that bedrock uh, and to still stand. Uh, perhaps Jesus had these in mind when he told the story in a slightly different context in Luke chapter 6. Uh, here, rather than the contrast between the, the rock and the sand, he says, one, uh, the, the wise builder, the doer of God's word, digs deep. Uh, he digs deep and lays his foundation on the rock. Uh, but the foolish builder, uh, the foolish builder, he builds his house uh, on the sand. Uh, why, would the, why would someone do such a thing? Uh, what would tempt someone to build on a sand? I, I thought about that a little bit this week, and I, I was meditating on, the, on Proverbs, because Proverbs... Uh, Proverbs talks, uh, one of the types of people that Proverbs talks about is a fool. Uh, and in its description of the fool, I think we can see many of the, the temptations that lead the fool to build uh, on the sand. Uh, perhaps he builds on the sand because he is simply in a hurry. 
Uh, Proverbs 14, verse 16 says, One who is wise is cautious. He turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Uh, it's quicker to build on the sand than it is to dig deep uh, to a foundation. Uh, perhaps uh, this foolish builder, is uh, he builds on the sand because he just, well, he doesn't listen. He won't listen. Uh, Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, or Proverbs 1 22, where it says, uh, How long will you fools hate knowledge? Uh, the fool refuses to listen. Uh, why? Well, well, perhaps because, well, he thinks there's an easier way, uh, there's a simpler way. Uh, Proverbs 12 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Uh, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 13, 16 says, Every prudent man acts with knowledge, uh, but a fool flaunts his folly. He thinks there is an, an easier way. Um, uh, sadly, when I, when I think of thinking of an easier way, I am, I'm reminded of a, uh, of a cousin of mine. Uh, I don't know if any of you had cousins who would, uh, older cousins who would drop by your house uh, just to say, my dad... Uh, my dad was very approachable, and so I had a, a cousin. I will, I will not mention his name for reasons that will become very apparent very quickly uh, as I tell this story. And uh, he would always come, and he'd want to tell my dad uh, the story about what's going on in his life and the things that he's accomplishing and things that he was doing. And uh, I remember one time in particular he said uh, that he had just bought a huge boat. Uh, and my dad said, wow, that's, that's amazing, that's great. How can you afford a boat? Uh, like that. He knew that seemed to be beyond his means. And he, my cousin said, oh, it's, it's, it's easy. I've got the system beat. You just buy the boat and put some money down, and then you make a couple of payments, and then you stop. And then they'll begin by sending you some letters, uh, and then they send some angrier letters. But it really takes them at least a season or maybe a season or two before they'll come and take the boat back. And I get the use out of it all of that time. Wow. Isn't that a great system? <laughs> it makes sense if you think only of yourself. Uh, he had the system beat. There's an easier uh, way, uh, a simpler way. Uh, my dad frowned on that and uh, mentioned that in there. I, I'll, I'll just uh, say that. And I don't own a boat uh, as well. The foolish builder thinks there's an easier way. He's certain that he knows better. Uh, Proverbs 10.8 says, The wise of heart will receive commandments, uh, but babbling fools, well, they come to, to ruin. Uh, why? Proverbs 18.2 says, Because a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, uh, but only in expressing his opinions. Uh, he loves to express his opinion. He knows. He's certain that he knows the better way. Uh, it's also possible that the foolish builder, well, he thinks the sun will always shine. Proverbs 21.20 is an interesting uh, proverb. It says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, uh, but a foolish man devours it. Uh, at first glance, some people said, Man, uh, is, is richness associated with wisdom? But that's not really the point of this proverb. Uh, he's saying that there is there, there's one who stores up and has uh, precious treasure in reserve, uh, but, but the point is made clear with the contrast. Uh, the foolish man just devours all that he has. Uh, he thinks that the sun will always shine. 
And so, uh, he's prepared to build his house on the sand. He's a foolish builder, uh, for the rains will come. Uh, well, what does it mean to be a, a foolish builder, uh, practically speaking? Uh, I think of a couple of examples. Uh, uh, sometimes I, I talk uh, to couples as in pastoral counseling uh, who are contemplating getting married. Uh, and something that is uh, not at all uh, uncommon in our days, in fact, is increasingly common, uh, is folks who said, you know what, we're going to live together before we are married. We're going to try it out. Uh, we're going to see if it works. Uh, kind of a, a trial run before we commit. Uh, after all, wouldn't you do that before you buy a car? Uh, it's simple. It makes sense. Um, uh, there's an easier way. We know better than God's plan. Uh, what is God's plan? God's plan said uh, a man should leave his father and mother uh, and cleave to his wife and they will become one flesh. Uh, he says that marriage and all the blessings of marriage uh, are, uh, are special and unique within the confines of this committed relationship uh, united before God and man. He says this is the way, uh, and it seems harder for some. It doesn't make financial sense. Uh, but Jesus says there's a, there's a way to build foolishly and a, a way to build to last. Uh, Science, uh, many studies have shown that the divorce rate is higher for those who live together first. Uh, the reasoning, it makes sense on the surface, uh, but time will tell. Uh, what is it that undermines uh, this type of, uh, of arrangement, uh, this preparation for marriage? Uh, perhaps it is uh, easing into a commitment uh, that it weakens it in the long term. Uh, perhaps it is uh, that uh, when folks uh, pretend that something is true, uh, it weakens the strength of the reality of it. Uh, but whatever the cause, the result is that a house that is not built on the firm foundation of God's word, uh, it's weakened. It's in danger. Uh, it is not all that it takes to be a successful marriage, uh, but it is an essential part of the foundation uh, that God's word uh, explains. Uh, it is foolish building. Uh, I think also of something we call in our house the, the cost of integrity. Um, uh, to be honest, in our house, uh, we have, uh, we have a, a little bit of an anti-government streak that runs through my family. I don't know if anyone else falls into that uh, camp uh, here. Uh, and this became apparent uh, uh, over this past year when, a, when, so, when we were buying a car, and I had to explain something to my children called sales tax. Isn't, isn't it a terrible thing? Uh, uh, one of my sons especially was shocked to discover that a, that a private transaction between two citizens, that the government would butt their way into it and require him to pay sales tax uh, when he got a title. Does anyone agree with my son? Some of you say, it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, uh, it's true uh, that, that there's a cost uh, involved. Uh, and in fact, as I was uh, working through this through with, a, with my sons for the first time when they bought a car, I said, you know what? I think every time that I have ever purchased a car, uh, the buyer or the seller, whatever end of the transaction is, the other person has always offered to write a different number on the title than was actually paid. I hope this isn't striking too close to home. <laughs> or maybe I do. 
because in that instance, uh, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. My position doesn't make sense, does it? It just costs me money. Who will ever know? Do they even really care? They're aware. They're aware of how things really work. Uh, but the question is, what is the value of my integrity? How much is it worth? $100? $200? Uh, $300? How much value do I place uh, upon my integrity? Because integrity is something that is a part of a, a firm foundation. Uh, something that's revealed in secret and private when no one knows. Uh, but sooner or later when the rains come and the floods rise and the wind beats, uh, our integrity, uh, the lessons that we communicate to our children, uh, the tough decisions that we have to make uh, in life about whether we are going to be true to our word and honest, that becomes very real. Uh, when the storms come, will we stand? What is the cost of integrity? Uh, for the foolish builder, the immediate, the easy, uh, the immediate reward is what is important. Uh, he's got the system beat. He knows. He knows. Uh, God's way, God's opinion, God's ideas, those are secondary. He has uh, a better idea. Uh, but Jesus' word of warning to the foolish builder is that you can build a house on the sand. Uh, you can complete it. Uh, you can live in it. You can enjoy it. Uh, you can enjoy many of the blessings of this house of sand, uh, the house that's built on sand, uh, but there will come a day when the rains fall and the floods come and the winds blow and they beat against their house. And if they are not built on a sure foundation, the house, the life, will fall. Uh, the foundation will crack. Uh, this is the foolish builder. Uh, but what about the wise builder? Uh, what is the distinction? Once again, it is simple. Uh, he who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who builds his house upon the rock. Uh, well, what is the characteristics of the wise builder? Uh, first of all, uh, we can see that he is someone who listens. He puts himself in a position to hear. Uh, in our situations, perhaps this is in personal study, uh, attendance at church, uh, involvement in a small group. Uh, he is ready to hear the word. He is open to hearing what God has to say. Uh, but ultimately, the, the question is whether he's a doer, but there's a, another step. Uh, he not only listens, but he wants to live it. It is his ambition and goal to do it. Uh, he does not come merely uh, to hear, uh, not to be entertained, not to be amused, uh, not even to be blessed. Uh, but he says... Uh, I want it, I need it, uh, I will uh, live uh, what is taught. Uh, as I look back over Matthew, uh, over the Sermon on the Mount here in Matthew 5 and 6, uh, there is so much that, uh, that we called spiritual dentistry as we were going through this. Uh, there, were, there were hard truths that said that, that dig down deep into our soul to say, you know what, it's not just my outward actions uh, of, uh, of hatred, of murder, uh, or of lust. It is, it is what is inside that is important. And it's easy to say, man, that's powerful, that's tough. And then go about uh, my business to continue on my way. Uh, it's so easy 
uh, to say, you know what, those, uh, those Pharisees doing their acts of righteousness to seen, be seen before men, that's, uh, that's terrible, disgraceful that they would do such a thing. Uh, but so easy for me uh, to perform in my prayers, uh, to make sure that I let people know my good works, the things that I do, uh, and to say, you know what, that is really the audience that I am trying to please. Uh, the wise builder, although, hears that word and he says that, where can I see in my life where I don't measure up, where I don't fit uh, with what God says is a righteous life? Where do I need to change? How do I need to grow to become more like this one whom I follow and I serve? Uh, the wise builder listens to the word. He puts himself in a position to hear the word, uh, but he also wants to live it. It is his ambition and goal. He is not content uh, where he is. Uh, he listens, he wants to live it, but third, he also builds on the true foundation. Uh, we should pause here for just a second, because it would be easy to take these words of Jesus, uh, and if this is all that we had, uh, and said, you know what, to be, uh, to be wise, to be the wise builder means to hear the word and then to do them, and to say, you know what, this is, this is good moral teaching that Jesus gives. It is a better way uh, of living. And so I suppose if I try very hard to do it, uh, if, I, if I'm not a hypocrite, uh, if I attempt with all of my might to be a moral person, uh, then I will have a life that is built to last, uh, a life that is built on this rock and this good foundation that will stand. And it is about my efforts. If this is all that we had in Scripture, we might be led to that conclusion. Uh, we could listen to the Sermon on the Mount and say, you know what, I, I really want to try harder uh, to do of these things. Uh, but this is not all that we have in Scripture. And in fact, even in this sermon, there are hints that point us, uh, that point us in a direction that reveals uh, that it's not just a matter of trying harder, of doing better, uh, of even being ambitious to be, uh, to be righteous. Uh, some of these hints we find uh, right in this text. When Jesus says, you hear these words of mine. Uh, Jesus' words are connected to who he is as a person. Uh, this becomes more clear in the concluding uh, verses of this chapter 7. Uh, when Jesus, when the crowd, or when the gospel writer records that the crowd was astonished at his teaching, uh, were they astonished at the content of his teaching? Uh, were the, the power of his illustrations? Uh, no. The amazing thing about his teaching is that he taught as one who had authority and not as their scribes and teachers. That Jesus' words, they come from a source, a source that possesses in himself authority. Uh, when Jesus says, you must hear and do my words, uh, he says, it, he is also implying that you cannot hear and do them without accepting him. Uh, if we look back a, a little bit farther, we see the, the high standard of the Beatitudes, uh, the one who... Uh, the standard of godliness, uh, of mercy, uh, of being pure in heart. Uh, at the end of chapter 5, when Jesus says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Uh, though in this text, uh, the text that's before us, uh, Jesus says, be a hearer and not a doer, uh, in no way is he saying, yes, and you can do it if you really work hard enough and you try hard enough. That is our experience. Uh, we, we bring that to life in our own lives. He says, yes, to be perfect as he is perfect, that is not possible. 
Uh, and that is why this is not the only thing that is written in Scripture. Uh, it drives us back to the gospel. Uh, as Paul takes us in Romans when he says that the, uh, the righteous is not just the one who's here, he is the one that does, uh, but no one does. No one does it perfectly. No one does it completely. But Christ came. This person who has authority in himself, he came. And he recognized that uh, in this teaching, he both raises the standard and is the goal to strive for, uh, but knows that when we fail, we will be driven to ask and seek and knock, uh, to come to him. And when we receive him, uh, when we confess and we put our trust and faith in him, uh, he promises both to forgive our failings uh, and also to give his spirit who enables us uh, to pursue sanctification and to become more like his son. Uh, to be the wise builder uh, means, yes, to do the words that Jesus said, uh, but it also is to follow the Jesus who said them. Uh, the foolish man in the hand says, you know what, uh, I'm going to take the moral teaching, at least the parts that I like of it, uh, these godly principles, even that part about love, I really like that, uh, but I'm going to pick and choose. Uh, I don't really want to submit myself to a person. Uh, the wise builder says, uh, my only hope uh, is in this person. I will follow him. He is the way. Uh, and when I follow him, uh, he comes and he meets me. Uh, he forgives and he cleans us up. Uh, he gives his spirit and enables us uh, to follow him and to live what he has called us to do. Uh, the wise builder and the foolish builder. Uh, you know, uh, I was thinking of that, uh, that tragedy in Florida. Uh, and the reality is, if you've read, uh, read the stories about there, there were signs, there were warning signals uh, about that apartment building and the danger that it was. There were cracks in the foundation. Uh, there was a settling uh, uh, of the earth. Uh, there were warnings, uh, warnings that no one was willing to see, uh, at least not willing to take decisive action uh, to do something differently. Uh, Jesus concludes his Sermon on the Mount, uh, and he tells us the story of two builders, two people who rolled up their sleeves and said, uh, I'm going to build a life. Uh, one built on a firm foundation that was secure and sturdy and would withstand all that life would bring. Uh, for, uh, for another, he built on the sand. And, and, and slowly, those cracks, they, they will appear. Uh, and it's possible that even as we talk about this in the setting, that you say, you know what? I feel some of those cracks and tensions in my own life. Uh, those areas where I know I don't follow uh, fully and completely what I know God has asked me to do. Uh, I feel the danger uh, if it comes to light. Uh, I know that the cut corners, uh, the corners that we have cut, uh, uh, the things that are only known in our own hearts. Uh, Jesus gives this warning to say, I desire for you to change. Uh, don't be the foolish builder, because there's a danger and it's real. Uh, but if you come to me, if you lay down what is hidden before me, uh, if you build your life on the true foundation, uh, you will build a life uh, that truly 